Hello, Kingdom Speak listeners around the world. Welcome into a special edition of Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. Today, let's talk about weapons. Welcome to Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. Hey, 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 everybody. This is going to be good because producer Randy's mic is not working today, so we're looking forward oh, to wow. this. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's Christmas. How did you work that? Yeah. Hey, okay. before we get into the show, I need to share two reviews with you. Um, listen to this. Five-star Apple Podcast review. I started listening recently during the time culture episodes started. Perfect timing. We have been battling some cultural things here in PNG recently within our organization, but as stated in the podcast, and I'm paraphrasing, lead by example and be consistent. I'm loving the podcast. Can't wait to see what is coming. God bless y'all. Ryan D. Marshall is a missionary in Papua New Guinea. Come on. So how cool is that? An ALJC wow. missionary who, I think that's pretty awesome. That's awesome. You from yeah. across the world, and I'll say amen to that. You better warm those up. We're going to need some of those wow. this, this, less, this wow. episode. <laughs> so We're going to need us some of them amens. So last week we had a guest from Belize. Oh, really? Piped in in this chair. If you haven't really? listened yet, it's a, a riveting episode. Yeah. A riveting episode. He was pretty good. Uh, but this week, man, we're just... How long have we been working on this? Seems like an eternity. It's, yeah. uh, it's the most wonderful time of the year, and we have a Christmas gift for Kingdom oh, yes, we do. today. So, yes, we do. Yeah. On the show today is my friend, Pastor Nathaniel Urshan. Yes, give him a hand, everyone. Hey, guys, it's good to be with you all. I'm honored to be here Man. on Kingdom Speak. Yes. We have been working on this um, for a while. We, in fact, when I was uh, in Durham a few weeks ago, we were supposed to sit down and have a face-to-face, and we'll do that. that mm. That'll work sometime. But um, we, we've, we've been trying to make this work for a few weeks, so we're, we're delighted that you're here with us today. I'm honored to be with you. We are Kingdom Speak fans. And, oh, man. Um, We've been wanting to put it together. You were here, and you were going to be preaching East Coast, and we had it all lined out. You had some family dynamics, and it didn't work out. But God knows, and with the miracle of technology, here we are. Absolutely. Hey, Brother Urshan, before you guys go deep in all this stuff, can I ask you a question? Do you know who, if I said, do you know Bill, would, would that ring any bells? Oh. Do you well, know Bill? Does this, does this have anything to do with Bill? Oh, well, oh, hey, Bill. Yeah, we've got some some potential merchandise here from Bill. Listen, Bill, I understand listen to you this. guys. Listen, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to play the soundtrack and you do a promo for Bill's product. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're Bill's bumper music dot com. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you. 
you, you can go get oh. some leather merch. Yeah. So I understand that he's a big fan of your bumper music. Is that? Yes. Yes. Right? yes. Yeah. 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 So. Well, praise that, God. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bill. We had to throw that in. So Bill does yeah. do, as you can see, some leather work. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, that brings up a very key part of Pastor Urshan's ministry, and that is the Biblos Network. Yeah. We are also huge fans of what y'all are doing. Talk to us a bit about what, what's going on through uh, that initiative. Well, much like yourselves, we, we are promoting and, and trying to communicate the gospel through every, every avenue and every means that we are able to do it. So Biblos was kind of a brainchild. You know, it means, it means the books, and it's obviously in Greek, and we want to explore and help people fall in love with the book, yes. the Word of God. And so we, we tackle those topics, and we try to help the average believer, and we get into all kinds of stuff. It's a, it's, we follow a very stringent um, whatever I feel like talking about. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> really? So, so you have, I'm, I'm, I'm picking up that there is a lot of forethought planning that goes into, yeah. Well, yeah, there is, there is, I honestly, here's the truth. There are two guys that when I get with them, things just open up and fall out and we just talk and an hour's passed and we have lost track of time. My brother, Joel is one of them. You, Brother McKillop, are the other one. Ah. We just we just get lost and we just start meandering down yeah. the ways yes. here. And <laughs> so what you're doing there is there's a lot of similarities between what we're doing and we're honored to partner up with you guys today. Oh man, this is great. It that is so true. I was telling the guys before we mm. clicked the record button, I said now when Brother Urson gets in here. Um, it, it just happens. That's the only way I know how to describe it. It just, it just happens. I guess it first started happening in Fort Myers. Um, yes. Well, I remember when I first heard you preach, I believe it was at No Limits way back. Yes. yes. 10 years ago or whatever that was. Yeah. And uh, I remember thinking to myself, who is this guy? preaching like this people have said that before <laughs> <laughs> have you ever had someone very... look at you and say you're special like what does that mean yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah unfortunately Sorry, I've, I've been there. well I, I i remember thinking that and so you and i got connected and i don't even remember where we started really connecting but i know you wound up coming down the four myers and yeah. i came up there to plaster rock yeah. um and i you know i am the recipient of sitting there in your living room and talking with you and your father yeah. and your brother. Yes, sir. And, oh, man, it doesn't get any better mm. than that right there. Man, the bishop, he, he just, he's in a league by himself, that guy. It's interesting you said that, Pastor Urshan, that in when I think one of the, the futuristic goals of our podcast when we started was we just want to create that environment where we're sitting around between services. Right you know, talking about stuff, uh, right. yeah. it's, it's key. And to give, well, give people an opportunity to eavesdrop in on a yeah, setting like exactly. that. exactly. Okay, so we've done that. We've done that around our living room. My, my brother, my father, mm -hmm. uh, and visiting preachers, we would do that for years. 
and and many times people would say, oh, if we just had a camera, yeah. if we could just yeah. record yeah, this. You know yes. And so one day it, it turned into, why don't we get one? Yeah. Why don't we <laughs> let people right. in the living room here? Right. And here, here's what I honestly believe. I believe it's Deuteronomy 6. Thou shalt talk of it mm. when thou sittest in thine house, when right. thou walkest by the way, right. when thou liest down, when thou risest up. I mean, it's, this is a Deuteronomy 6 thing. Well, and and from from... <clears throat> my personal uh, perspective of this, and I think that's partially maybe why we connected like we did, is people that just sit around and talk about people. Mm. I'm just, I'm not interested in that. That's, no. that's, um, no. so when you connect with someone that is interested in talking about the word, well, mm. there, there is just a connection there that's unshakable. So I have been <laughs> blessed uh, by our friendship and an extension of that is our church has been well, very we feel impacted. the same way. Plaster Rock is one of my favorite places to preach oh. because the moment you walk into Plaster Rock, you're going to feel the worship. You're not just going to hear it. You're going to feel it. Mm. And the people up there are amazing people. The devil's mad at you because you're doing a great job. <laughs> and I can tell when I'm in a word church. For I sure. can tell when I'm in a music church, a fellowship church, and then yep. there's a word church. And Plaster Rock is a word church. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is built on a solid foundation. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't have this without mentioning it because I think a message that you preached, and this is not just an exchange of mutual platitudes here, but The, the preaching style that you have, and we could do an episode on that, but uh, it's word-based. That's what it is. And yeah. the message that you preach, sometimes it's like the snow. Mm. If our listeners have not heard that, mm-hmm. stop after you finish this episode. Yeah, don't shut us off, please. And go listen to that <laughs> message. Yeah, don't Don't stop until you're done with this one. Because yep. this is going to rival that. But, but. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I thank God for your friendship and your ministry, and we are delighted to have you here today. Absolutely. It's my honor. We're so praying we, for you guys and the great work you're doing. We were already getting into it until the guy said, like, let's go, let's hit the record button. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, we were diving into... Uh, some subject matter that you had been covering on paradigms, New Testament, Old Testament, and how it adjusts, how our perception needs to be adjusted to look at the world through the proper paradigm. Go, go ahead and unpack that a bit. Absolutely. I, I recently did a, a session on a book of Acts paradigm. It's a massive topic because I think it's the right way to view the world is to have a firm New Testament footing. The Bible says of the bride in Revelation 12 that she stood on the moon and she was clothed with the sun. I believe that is God's covenant people who stand on the Old Testament, but they're clothed in the New Testament. They're standing on the, they're standing on the lesser light, but they are walking in and enjoying the greater light. Mm -hmm. And so when we look at the scripture, the whole of scripture with that new Testament worldview or paradigm, if you will, then 
it's like it's like what Jesus described when he said every scribe that's instructed in the law brings out of his treasure things old and new. Absolutely. <clears throat> um, and and I lay that over, and I was this is what you and I were talking about. Mm-hmm. One of the problems that God's people had in the Old Testament was the Philistines dominated them. They were a very warlike tribe that always gave Israel fits. This is who Saul fought with. This is who Samson fought with. This is who David, you know, David and Goliath. The Philistines were kind of the archetypical enemies and adversaries of Israel in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Midianites and Ammonites and all those, but Philistines, they play a pretty central role. Absolutely. And <clears throat> one of the conditions they find themselves in is they took away all the weapons and they did not allow smithery, the smith, the, the metal forging, the metallurgy. They did not allow that because they knew that if God's people ever got their hands on weapons, they would overthrow them. And I see the apostolic world kind of in that light. I feel like God is forging weapons. He is raising up smiths. Kingdom speak is a smithery. You guys are forging sharp edged instruments to put into the hands of people to combat Mm -hmm. toxic ideologies and false doctrines. And so I think God's people need to be equipped. Right. So, and, and, and that brings clarity to, to those, those truths. That, that has to be why <clears throat> that, that Abraham looked at this day hmm. and rejoiced because of what he saw. That, 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 uh, that standing on one mm-hmm. lesser light, looking into the clarity provided by the greater light. That's oh, <laughs> what a... okay. Same same idea. Isaiah six. Jesus spoke about Isaiah. You know when he when he when he said when he looked into and saw things concerning me. <clears throat> Jesus references Isaiah when he saw him. Well, the place we know that happened is Isaiah six. I saw the Lord, um, and mm. you know we see we see this regal train and we see this royal uh, figure, and and I'm sure that. Isaiah saw that, um, but I, many scholars believe that he saw Jesus on Calvary at his crowning triumphal mm-hmm. moment when he conquered all death, when he conquered principalities and powers, and he made a show of them openly and nailed it to his cross. Um, he becomes the preeminent conqueror at Calvary, and many people, uh, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, yeah. they, maybe not so much on a throne, but at Calvary. Right, suspended between heaven and earth. Oh, man. Yeah. They were looking into this day, yeah. and they were rejoicing in it. I, I, there is such a, uh, there, there's such a lack of depth if you do not factor in the Old Testament mm. to preaching. Does that, does that bother you when, when you hear the, there, there's like a vacuum sometimes in, in, in preaching that we just we just stay within the Matthew to Revelation. We have no problem believing that the Old Testament was pointing this direction. Mm-hmm. But now that we're here, we don't go back. What are oh. we missing because we don't do that? A host of things. I mean, they put in metaphor... They, 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 they gave legs to this. They paint a picture. They say a picture is worth a thousand words where the old yeah. Testament is full of those pictures. Um, if you go back where God's talking to them, I want to say it's in 
Exodus or Leviticus, God said that he spake unto them, but they saw no form. Mm. And so uh, he said, I did not come to you with forms and with images, and you will not make unto you any graven, graven image. So they didn't use pictures and in, in a, in a, an image saturated society where everything's about image to the point that the image is going to deceive people and people are going to wonder after the image. Oh, absolutely. Um, God designed his kingdom to be built on the word. And those words were so profound that they became the pictures. Um, they became the word pictures, the metaphors, the scriptural revelation. And so when you add that old Testament dynamic, one little illustration, <clears throat> when you go through, Noah's flood, which is baptism, according to Peter. Yep. Nobody was saved without going through that water. Well, just that little detail. Exactly. You can't be huge. saved without going through the water. <laughs> exactly. It's huge, huge, yeah. I, I know that I've, I've been asked stuff like this, and this is just a, a, a footnote, but what's your favorite Old Testament book? Do you have one? You're asking me? Yeah. Man, I think the whole, the whole deal. I, there's, there is, um, it, it's hard to just pick. It's like, what's your favorite scripture? I mean, yeah, it depends on where I'm at Genesis. in life. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah. I was just going to say that Genesis seems to just, you preach anything New Testament and you can find it in Genesis. <clears throat> Absolutely. The book of beginnings. Yes. Hmm. Oh, there's no doubt. So if young preachers would get that revelation, preach from the New Testament, but, but look into that Old Testament and pull out the old, because there you're going to get, you know, I make the analogy of an instruction booklet. If you've ever tried to put together anything, any toy, any, yes. any bookshelf, and you try to pull it out and it's all text, it's very hard. Right. You know, right. part J13 connects to B12 and <laughs> and you're trying to figure out the text and you can't picture it. Right. Well, when you have the schematic and you have the picture that shows you how it goes together, then the manufacturer is very clear in what they mean. So I think when it comes to repentance, what better picture than the death of a lamb and the loss of a life than that? And when it comes to baptism, what greater picture than the Exodus and Noah? It shows you how you're saved. Oh my I mean, goodness, absolutely. The, to miss that is to miss the boat. That Absolutely. Boat Quite literally. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> I also told them that you had that. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, um, here, here's one, and, and we could just go on and on and on about this, but Jacob's ladder, angels ascending and descending. Then you get to the New Testament, and they're ascending and descending on the Son of Man. The Son of Man. Well, you miss who the latter is if you don't yeah. if you don't bridge that mm-hmm. New Testament Old Testament uh, type and shadow. Yes, and, and I, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I, what, there, what there was we, probably no greater thing that I used to convert denominal people than shadows and types. Now. Modern day academics will dismiss it because we're empirical people, we're data people, we are linear, yes. you know, sequential people, A, B, C, D, one, two, three, four, five. But the Hebrews were picture people um, in their words. And mm-hmm. the apostles used those metaphors, they used those word pictures. And 
I had no greater success than when I would say, okay, I'm telling you to be baptized, but let me show you what the flood looks like. And you tell me, can you be saved unless you go through the water? There was no greater tool that I had to convert. Yeah, arguments to the contrary begin to fall flat pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So you you mentioned at the beginning, and I, I want to get back to that. See, this is how dangerous it is. We, yeah. You mentioned weaponry mm-hmm. and that it was part of the Philistine initiative to, to keep weapons out of the hands of Israel because they knew what hap- would happen when, when the right weapons are in the hands of God's people. So yeah. how, how does that affect the New Testament church? So when... When we, here we are, we are the New Testament church. We're fighting the good fight. We're casting down imaginations. It is a fight. It It is is a fight. fight. We're fighting it all day, every day. Every Bible study is a fight. Every church service is a fight. We're fighting off false doctrine. Absolutely. Every prayer meeting, every song, every every message. This is a fight. The weapons of our warfare. Yes. So, to, I, I think one thing that, the New Testament church needs to learn is that if we will view all of the Bible and even life, I mean, I'll even, I'll just encompass all truth. God is truth. Right. And so the domain of truth belongs to him. E equals MC squared. H2O is the domain of truth. And and the same laws that hold H2O, the two hydrogen molecules and the one oxygen molecule together is the same law that holds Acts 238 together. For sure. Absolutely. So it's all the domain of truth. And if we will view the whole world through an Acts, book of Acts paradigm. Now, the denominal world is not like that. They do not want us coming through the book of Acts. Mm -hmm. They want to treat it as a narrative, as a side note. But there's no greater witness of what the church actually looked like and how it actually applied than the book of Acts. Mm Mm-hmm. If we will begin to view all of Scripture and all of life through that New Testament paradigm, the whole world changes. The whole thing changes. Um, And the example, some of the examples that I like to give, we allow the denominal world to shape how we view the Bible, Mm -hmm. just like Israel allowed them to control the weapons. Mm -hmm. Um, they just took what they were given. They bowed their head. They, they yielded themselves to their conquerors. Well, the denominal world has framed things. Um, here's an example. The denominal world has framed faith as a inward mental process. Mm-hmm. And so when the scripture says you are saved by faith, um, when, when the Philippian jailer says, what must I do to be saved? And, and, Paul says, believe and thou shalt be saved. Yeah. Um, they, they run with that to say that believing and faith is this mental exercise where inwardly you just come to grips with it, you accept it, yep. and that's it. That's faith. Right. Okay, it's not observable. A, yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, that is a Philistine-crafted well, that's good. dynamic. Mm-hmm. Right. We don't need to yield to that because Jesus said, he that believeth on me as the scripture has said. And yes, we know 
this is such a stark thing and such a powerful thing that Martin Luther tried to cut James out of the canon of the Bible because James tells right. us not only do we have Romans 4, mm-hmm. where it says that we are saved by faith and, and seems on the surface to kind of minimize works. If you read closely, it's works of the law, precision, oh, Sabbath days, and absolutely. holidays. <laughs> absolutely. We get to James. James balances it out and says, oh, no. No, no. Faith. The scripture was not fulfilled that Abraham believed God mm-hmm. until he offered his son Isaac on the altar. And we see that how through works was faith made perfect. Mm-hmm. So works, action, and faith. Well, I would say the book of Acts. <laughs> That's why there is a book of Acts. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is the true definition of faith. Israel couldn't enter in the promised land, the Bible says in Hebrews, because the word did not profit them not being mixed with faith. Right. So the mixture of works and faith, James says faith, faith wrought with his works. Um, and by works was faith made perfect. So the true definition of faith is action and belief. Um, belief without action is what devils do. Right. They believe and tremble. And they're not saved. And they're not saved. Absolutely. So if, we, if we're yielding to that Philistine worldview, then we, we have no weapons. We can't fight it. Oh, my goodness. We're, we're wrong. We, we don't know what we believe, and we're helpless against that. But if we will allow the smiths to actually forge the right weapons, we can slice it, wow. dice it, cut it, fight wow. against it and overthrow that paradigm to a New Testament paradigm. And and this also <clears throat> would play into the position or the role that faith plays in the miraculous as well, because mm. there is an unfounded biblical, at least from my perspective, uh, an unfounded biblical view that faith has become this currency that can leverage from God whatever I think I deserve. Mm, right. And that, that, right. Is, that is as unfounded <clears throat> as faith being just this inward expression that has no observable uh, uh, proponents to it at all. Right. Yeah. So the scripture is like when Jesus saw their faith. Yeah. I love that phrase. Yeah. Um, and, and probably the greatest illustration of this is Hebrews 11. By faith, Noah built. By faith, Abel Absolutely. offered. There's your Old Testament again, right? Right. Oh, All man, there it is. Stuff. Yeah. 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 So we Huge. see what faith looks like. Yes. By looking into the Old Testament. <clears throat> and then it also changes how we look at present day New Testament because although I haven't seen Noah build an ark, I have seen a man build an ark to the saving of his house. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I've seen it. Yeah. Our churches are full of people that through faith have constructed an ark to the saving of their household. Mm. So, so we're, we're seeing that present day application as well. Yeah, there's no doubt. The charge obviously from the other camp is, well, if you're baptized, that means you believe in works. And there's no works that can save you. Um, you say that you have to speak in tongues. That's a work. And there's no works that can save you. Well, the problem is 
you know, you have to read the scripture. There are works. Mm. The Bible even uses the phrase, a work of faith. Mm -hmm. Um, Work out your own salvation. (laughs) Ah, that's it. (laughs) And when, when we get baptized, we obey, we go into the water, but who does the washing? Yeah. God does the work. No man could wash away sins, but God can. And so when we're baptized for the remission of sins, God does that washing. He does the work. So my obedience is coupled with my action, which just like Abraham offered Isaac, just like Rahab, uh, her works brought salvation to her house in James 2. That's how baptism and the Holy Ghost work in the new birth. So our works connect to God's redemptive saving work. So we are saved by grace through faith. But that faith is not their faith. It's a actual New Testament paradigm of faith. Right. It's, <clears throat> it's the classic um, roll away the stone. Well, mm. why do I have to roll away the stone? If you're going to raise this guy from the dead, that, can't you move the stone? <laughs> so the d- you think. Yeah. <laughs> why don't you just do it all for me? I'm, well, exactly. Dem- he demands our participation. Yeah. He, yeah. So he does what we can't, and that this is such a part of the discussion of justification and sanctification. It's, it's, mm. it's, we can't make it all Jesus or all us. He does what we can't and, and won't do what we can. Oh, that's so good. That, that phrase right there is powerful. That's, that's the, that's look, 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 he heals the paralytic, the, the man with the withered arm. He says, stretch forth thy hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Just heal it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go wash it. in the pool. Go wash in the pool. There it is. <laughs> so, so you put your action with his healing, with his redemption. But that phrase, that's so good. That's such a good phrase. He does what we can't. Right. Right. Boy, that's good. I right. like that. So back to your discussion, I can't save myself. Speaking to yes. that camp, I, I agree with that statement. I can't. There is no way that I can save myself. But there is a proponent to my salvation with this New Testament paradigm. Yes. That I can't be saved without what I'm with, without what I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these are our weapons. These are weapons. Yeah. If, if we will look at it through that lens, we realize just how powerful they really are. And the Philistines don't want us to know that. And the denominal world doesn't want us to know that. The devil doesn't want us to know that. Here's an example that I think our listeners can probably identify with. Start reading the Psalms through the book of Acts. Instead of allowing the denominal world to define what the Psalms mean, read it through the book of Acts. So you're saying don't don't take a Bethel approach? You're talking a New Testament approach? (laughs) Pretty much. Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) that's right that's how you want to look at it because if you if you take a denominal approach the denominal world wants to say in romans chapter 10 that you know with the with the heart man believes into righteousness with the mouth confession is made into salvation Mm -hmm. and if thou shalt confess with thy mouth and believe in thine heart thou shalt be saved but we believe that with all of our heart but they want to make that a verbal confession uh, a out of your carnal mind well, that never happened in the Bible. We never see anybody ever do that in the Bible. What we do see is Acts 2, 10 and 19, where in Acts 2, Peter said, my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Mm. 
Mm. And, and he said that in response, you know, Joe, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Well, David said, Peter quotes David, my heart rejoiced, my tongue was glad. And that was an answer to the question, what meaneth this? Right. So what is the speaking in tongues? Well, David foresaw this day, my heart rejoiced, my tongue was glad. Well, Romans 8, his spirit will bear, will bear witness with my spirit. I'll cry, Abba, Father. But when we get to Romans 10, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, does not a sinner's prayer. Right. It is what happened in Acts. Right. Um, right. So now take those principles and lay it over Psalms. You know, I will speak of the things concerning the king. My heart is indicting a good matter. Let my tongue be the pen of a ready writer. Woo. <laughs> so yes. I'm, not, I'm not just saying I'm saying pretty things. I'm saying God's going to start talking through me as my mind and my heart are filled up with the good things of God. And I think a strong case can be made that that is a, 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 a looking towards the day when God would speak through us. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Brother Jeremy Wilbanks preached a message at peak recently. He said, um, it was on speaking in tongues. And he said, um, pray until he starts speaking. Mm. Talking about God. That's what speaking in tongues is. You, you pray until his words become yours. Wow. That's a twist on how many times have we prayed and, and, and we pray until God speaks to us. Mm. But man, yeah. pray until he speaks. But we speak with you. as the Spirit gives the utterance. Yes. Yes. Wow. Wow. And I even I wonder sometimes, you know, there's these little things in the Old Testament like every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. Mm. Every tongue shall confess. Mm. every tongue. That means we, we know that when you receive the Holy Ghost, you're going to speak with other tongues. Wow. John chapter three, the wind bloweth where it listeth. That word wind is pneuma. Uh, thou hearest the sound, the phone, the phone, the phonic, the sound thereof. Yes. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. Every person, you're going to hear the sound thereof. Well, when I hear that and then I see every tongue shall confess, I mean, are we just making a verbal confession with our mouth that God's the king? Or is every tongue going to confess when they're born of the Spirit? Right. Right. When you look through the book of Acts, it becomes very interesting what begins to emerge. Well, everything. Okay, that, that eliminates the scriptural view that that almost like there's two separate worlds with the old and new covenant, old Testament, new Testament, where, where the apostolic new Testament church understands everything was about this day. Yes. This is as good as it gets in this terra firma. Yes. He was pointing. There's no doubt. This. There's no improvement on this. Mm -mm. What is the message that, uh, brother Jonathan Alviar preaches? You can't improve on perfection. Mm, and he's speaking good. of the church. I mean, you, you can't you can't improve on this. So mm -hmm. as the Holy Ghost was moving on those men of old, you know they were getting snippets of what we're experiencing. There's no doubt. The the, the prophecy came not in old time by will of man. Um, no prophecy of, is of any private interpretation. Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. They're saying things. I mean, 
even as David says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken totally. me? Yeah. Jesus begins to sing it on the cross and, and speak it forth on the cross. Um, he's quoting an Old Testament psalm, and David was hearing it in the spirit world all the way <sighs> oh, centuries previous. <laughs> and we don't think God knows where we are at and what's happening tomorrow and, and, mm. and can't speak to us. Boy, that's it. We, we, we are often so guilty. Let me make it personal. I'm often so guilty of undermining the role of the prophetic. Mm. I, I often pray, Brother Urshan, I, I mentioned this to our church even this past Sunday, to really get a full grasp on what is going on when preaching is going forth, when worship is happening, when the anointing is, is, is moving. When it was working on them all them years ago, we're living in the, the fulfillment of what they saw in shadowy form. They were looking through a lattice, and, and the, 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 very, the very nature of lattice is that it, it obscures as much as it reveals. Yes. And so they're looking through this fragmented piece of what it is. We are looking the same way into, the, into our future. Mm-hmm. Yes. But the same anointing that guided them through that guides us, right? No, there's no doubt. And, and I, I, I believe that the apostolic world, sometimes we are guilty of allowing other people to take away the weapons. The scripture is, is much sharper than people, people give it credit for. And stop letting, we need to stop allowing the denominal world to frame what faith is, what confessing with the mouth is, what those metaphors and, and shadows and types of the Old Testament are. Mm-hmm. Um, it all points to Acts 2. It all points to Jesus. It all, it's all about Jesus Christ. So, you know, let no man judge you in meat, drink, respect him on holy day, new moons of Sabbath day, for the body is of Christ. The reality, the fullness is in Christ. Yeah. It's really all about Jesus. Yes, totally. Totally. <clears throat> what other areas does this affect? So obviously we've, we've kind of hunkered down on some of those doctrinal discrepancies that would be mm. what, um, what, what some would find fault with the apostolic church over. What, what other arenas does this play into? Does it have an effect on our, our worship, our music? Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. Um, to allow ourselves to be pulled into a surface, rhyme-oriented dynamic and to sing little ditties, that mm-hmm. just happened to rhyme and maybe they might bring a little money in for an artist mm-hmm. and we just take them and mindlessly spout them out. I think we miss the powerful weaponry that God has for us. I truly apostate. And listen, for those of you that have not been to Plaster Rock, one of the m- defining traits is when the singing starts. <laughs> when the singing starts, it is like one voice lifts to heaven. I mean, it's amazing. So <laughs> yeah. I... Yes, music is a big part of that. Because there's, there's, um, I, I've seen so many dynamics with the music industry. So let, let me say this. 
first and foremost, I mean, we, uh, I am a bit of a musician. Now I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting promoted out of, um, my, my talents are getting promoted out of the sphere of usability. Back in How about my that? day, back in my day, I played worship Accordions. music in church. Accordions. <laughs> they won't even give me a tambourine now. <laughs> yeah. They're putting you out the pasture, man. Bro. <laughs> Bro. So I can appreciate good music. So I'm not advocating for giving God second rate anything. <clears throat> but to use the, uh, to, to tap into what you have been so capably uh, talking about and, and apply it as an overlay to the topic of music and the role of music is I, I think we blunt the edge of that weapon because it is a weapon mm. to make it just about entertainment. Right. Or something that the front line does and the main, the, 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 the congregation just enjoys the melodious leading of, of that talented few. Is that there's a lot of truth to that. Um, we see David using it to drive off evil spirits. Yeah. Um, I forget which prophet it was. Um, uh, was it Ezekiel? I don't remember the prophet. It's escaping me from the moment, but they asked him to come prophesy. They, they said, come and prophesy to us. And he said, bring me a minstrel. Yes. And then he began to prophesy. Yes. Um, so to, to, to miss that, the depth of what that worship, you know, the, the sacrifice of praise, what, what they, the scripture calls the calves of our lips. Wow. I mean, it's, it's literally the sacrificial animal that we bring with our voice. Let, let me just, let me throw this out to you. This is something I've pondered about. Okay. Saul, you mentioned it, that, that music and the anointing was capable of driving off an evil spirit off of Saul. So when he's tormented by an evil spirit, he wants, he wants David <clears throat> or an anointed man to come and, and drive that off, and it's effective. But it never, it never fully delivers Saul. Right. And I've, I've pondered this, so I'm kind of throwing this out in its, in its raw form here because I'm, I'm very interested in, in what you think of this. The, what really would give the permanency to the deliverance is the embracing of the prophet. Mm. I like that. So, so the role of the word gives permanent deliverance. But the role of music can open the gate wow. to that deliverance. But Saul's, Saul's hesitancy, so the danger in <clears throat> the danger in uh, maybe I could say it this way, giving music supremacy over the prophetic is that we only get temporary deliverance. I like that. 
You you use the analogy of gates. You know, enter his gates with thanksgiving. There. Enter his courts with praise. Yes. Be thankful unto him. Bless his name. You know, Jesus tells us to pray, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Um, entry points into supplication and um, communication with God, consecration. But, you know, we, we know that when unclean spirits depart, they come back. Yes. And, and so that, that evil spirit would leave Saul, but it would return. It right. would come back upon him. I've seen people that are amazing musicians. Their talent is so gifted. You feel things when they sing. Mm. You're moved. You might have a great breakthrough in God, but I, you're right. You're not going to get lasting deliverance. There's going to be a temporary dynamic to it if you cannot follow through with the authority of the Scripture. Right. So, that, And that's not to dumb down the effect of music. It, it can lead. Bring me a minstrel. It, it softens and, and prepares um, by, that, by that easing of the, of the wicked spirit, evil spirit that, that was there, and, 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 it, and it makes room for that word to, to land in there and do, do the permanent adjustment that is needed. So it's not of relegating music to not being effective, but we've got to understand, again, a paradigm is is that it doesn't have supremacy over, but it leads into. I like that. I don't, I don't think that it's just a, a worship-oriented thing that opens doors either. I think worldly music opens doors. Well, I think uh, mm-hmm. we enter into a, uh, there are demonic forces unleashed by worldly, sensual, wicked music um, that, you know, this is why clubs play music. This is why bars have music. This is why there's a jukebox. This is why it, it opens up. Wow. It gets the party going. It gets the, wow. you know, you, you couple that with alcohol and you've got, you've got a demonic stronghold that sets up in a person's life. They're, they're having a church service. It's just satanic. Well, have you, what, what was the name of the artist where, the, where they had the big uh, concert here? Just in the last few weeks, and I think producer Randy was actually at it. Oh, <laughs> yai! What was his name? That's he, right. He, he's drawing and, a blank, and he don't have a mic. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why um, that's why we didn't let him have a mic. Yeah, he's on. He's been <laughs> probation. He's been <laughs> dabbling around, and yeah. But you, you know what I'm talking about the the. He was a rapper. He was a rapper, and, and, and young, young kids were crushed, or I guess they're investigating what actually happened. Oh, yeah, yeah. I read about it. I forget his name. Yeah. Uh, they were killed in this concert. Yeah. yeah. And one of the things that he mentioned is that it was demonic worship. They, they, they have got one of the headlines, I believe it was on Drudge, that mentioned this guy that, that they're flocking to views what he's doing as demonic worship. Wow. Well, I'll tell you, I have believed that there are gateways into the spirit world. I believe that drugs are. I believe that music is. The Bible says we're supposed to enter at the straight gate. Mm. The only safe route into the spirit world to where you can enter into and return safely is Jesus Christ. Right. Right. Absolutely. Okay, so this is an interesting thing, and I think you and I have discussed this before, but the tabernacle 
and the strategic placement of the tribes around the tabernacle, the, 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 the mm. centrality of the tabernacle to all of the tribes. Yeah. Yeah. But positioned at the gateway to the tabernacle was Judah. See, now there you go. I know what I'm preaching Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So everybody, it doesn't matter if you're from the tribe of, 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 of Simeon, Levi, everybody had to traverse through Judah to get mm. access, that gateway to what was beyond. Have you ever noticed that when David went to confront Goliath in the Valley of Elah, the Bible says that it belonged to Judah? Yes. He was fighting. Right. Over praise. Right. Right, so and, and he was a Philistine, as you've so capably noted earlier. <laughs> Look at that. No, there's a lot to that. Wow. There's a lot to that. There's the a lot of people taking points. notes right now. Wow. <laughs> See, th this is what I love about this. This is... Well, there's no doubt that music is a weapon that if it is not properly utilized, you can blunt the edge of it, you can render it ineffective. Um my brother made a statement one time. It's always stood with me. He said, you know, modern composers will say, um, Oh, you know, what, what rhymes with grace? What could I put in this next <laughs> yes, band? Better, huh? Face. Grace. Yeah. Face. <laughs> yeah. Face. Um, space. Race. Uh, <laughs> space. Yeah. You know, just, and then they come up with these little rhyming things. And his statement was, when G.T. Haywood wrote, I see a crimson stream oh. of blood, it's because he saw a crimson stream of blood. God, hmm. absolutely. That's key. In the spirit world, he wrote what he saw. It has, it has been an, an anthem for the right. apostolic world. Right. And that spirit-led powerful weapon of worship, that offensive weapon. You know, it, it describes Jesus when he comes and whether this is, you know, later on or whether this is a metaphor of what happens when we preach and when we sing, but it says he comes on a white horse and there's a sharp two-edged sword coming out of his mouth. Mm. I wonder if that's what we're unleashing when we're preaching. Mm. Are we, are we unleashing these forces into people's homes and into their houses? You, he's coming in, he's riding on a white horse, he's conquering and the sword's coming out of his mouth and, <laughs> and his vestures dripped in blood. And <laughs> He's doing and business, he's bro. He is <laughs> doing business. <laughs> wow. God, I think that's what we unleash. Right. Okay. And so, uh, we know that Satan is not a creator. He's a, he is a duplicator. So he, is it possible coming back to the discussion, even of, of music that we've just been talking about, is it even possible for music to be played, engaged in, um, without it opening a gate to something? That's a good question. I haven't thought about that. You know, like, is there neutral music or is there either what leads us into an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, a redemptive uh, paradigm, if, if you go back to the tabernacle, or is there music that leads us to the dark side, so to speak? Is there a neutral ground? 
I don't know. I, I, I've always viewed it as it's heading in a certain direction one way or the other. Because Moses, Moses is coming down the mountain, and he's troubled by what mm -hmm. he hears. He said it's not the sound of being overcome. Yeah, he, see, he sees an ambivalence there. Yes. And it's not victory. It's just the sound of singing that I hear. Wow, look at that. There's another Old Testament. Yeah. God forbid that the New Testament worship service just degenerate to the ro to the role that we're not experiencing victory or defeat. We're just just, just playing the top forty, space. right? Yeah, yeah. Even we're the singing. Christian top forty. It's just ugh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Forgive me, but it's one of my favorite songs, and it's one of my favorite memories mm -hmm. of Plaster Rock. Okay. What are the words to the ark is coming up the road? Oh, <laughs> how, how does that go? Um, it's if you if no, we we're glad Randy don't have a mic right now. Yeah, he's, trying, he's trying to sing in the background here. Yeah, we're just gonna go to commercial right now. Okay, yeah. so it starts what uh, when David danced before the Lord. The ark was coming up the road. Mm -hmm. His wife despised him in her heart, but the ark was coming up the road. Um, what's the other verse? There's a chorus. There's a chorus. Oh, yeah, there's a there. chorus. So the chorus is, it's coming, hallelujah. The ark is coming up the road. It's coming, hallelujah. The ark is coming up the road. Um, I do believe without a doubt the ark is coming up the road. God's God. people have a right to shout. The ark is coming mm. up the road. Yeah. Folks, are everybody listening out there right now, when I tell you we almost levitated off the ground Ooh. one night when I was there, <laughs> I was in worship with you guys. Was it you singing that? Or was it your dad singing that? It was that? my dad, probably. That's that's oh, one of his songs. Swinging man. his jacket around on the end of his hand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, thought, I thought heaven's going to sound like this right here. It's going to yeah. sound like this right here. Well, okay, you mentioned this, and we haven't we haven't even talked about this with our um, listeners. You know, Brother Urson, just by us communicating. But um, at some point, I want to talk about what happened with my father. But to let you know the role that music does play, do you remember? Did he sing when you was here? Um, you can look for me, for I'll be there. Yeah. Yes, I have yeah. heard him sing that. Yeah. Yes. Um, and that song is when, when, when my dad was non-responsive after that, that spell, I was FaceTimed into the ER room. Um, it, it, that's it. We're saying our goodbyes. Hmm. One of the, one of the last things I wanted to do, and I did it. I said, we're going to sing this one more time with dad. Oh. You can look for me for I'll be there. Because there's such a connection with that. Mm -hmm. And that song opened a gateway <laughs> into, into a comfort that in a bleak circumstance, it ministered. It, 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 it didn't just entertain. It ushered our family into um, a, a, a moment with, with, with God right there. Wow. Wow. I look at that. Look at the depth of that. That that hits me very, very, very close to my heart mm. because to unleash that 
to to utilize that, you you literally can halt death's advance <sighs> in some circumstances. Back to the weaponry. Yeah. And that doesn't make sense. That don't make sense to the carnal to the carnal mind. No. People forget that Jesus sang on the cross. Yes. Hmm. My yes. God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me is not a historical narrative. Right. It's a song. God. It's a song. Yes, sir. Woo. Okay, and he done it, he done it after the Last Supper. Yes. And they went right. out onto the hillside and sang yeah. a hymn. Didn't they sing at his yeah. birth as well? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. When you see, when you see that, yeah, that, that kind of a weaponry. If Israel ever gets his hands on that, if if the church ever gets equipped with, if the Smiths mm. show up and begin to pound out <sighs> the out of the raw material of the scripture, uh. um, I'll even say this: metallurgy is all about it's all about heating up rock until the iron works its way out of the stone. God will heat up circumstances. And, and he will literally extract the material. God. Trials will force you into that scripture. It'll force you to start building weaponry. You'll, you'll develop an, an armory in the trial that you never could at any other time. That's what metallurgy is all about. When you're extracting brass, when you're extracting iron, it, it's all about heat and it's all about temperature. Yes. And God will raise the heat so much until, until the right stuff starts flowing. My Lord, man, see this, this guy, he weapon. opens up stuff. So mm. what role does that play with keeping the imagery? Here we coming back full circle to imagery. Nebuchadnezzar's image, the base is that mm. mixture of, mm. of ah. iron and ah. clay. <laughs> ah. Oh, man. Ah. Woo. <laughs> Brother. So man has degenerated to this point. God, yeah. How many? How many God times? Are, heat up. Yeah, it's ever decreasing. He, do, he, he doesn't like the heat, so he's just a mixture. <laughs> my, my, my. Well, I know that's why we glory in tribulation. Right. Yeah. We knowing this that tribulation worketh patience, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I, I I'm reminded of a story. My grandpa told us. He said that he was ten years old. And G.T. Haywood knocked on their front door. And they lived in, um, what was it? I, I don't know where they were at the time, but Brother Haywood came and knocked on the door. So this would have been 1930. This would have been right before he died. Wow. G.T. Haywood died. Wow. And he's a 10-year-old boy. Brother Haywood starts pounding on the door and crying out, Andrew, Andrew, Andrew. And, and great-grandpa, A.D., opens the door. And he runs in, and, and here's 10-year-old N.A. He watches this prophet walk across the room and embrace his father. They hug. He says, I've got to give you the new song God gave me this morning. And A.D. said, what? What is it? He said, well, here's the first verse. When gloom and sadness whisper, <laughs> you've sinned. There's no use to pray. <laughs> That's when he... We turn our eyes to Jesus, and he tells me to say, I see a crimson stream of blood. What do you think? My and Lord. 
Andrew began to cry and talk in tongues, and they, they fleshed out the song right there in the living room, and 10-year-old N.A. Urshan saw. Now, G.T. Haywood was going through severe persecution. Um, my, oh, this just goes and goes and goes. I, I think that anointing is produced by this. It's the crushing of the grape. It's the crushing mm. of the olive. It's mm. what Gethsemane's all about. It's the olive press. Yeah. It's where you extract the liquid out of the solid. It's where we go from flesh to spirit. God. It's where all of those metaphors, you know, we, we want to know where um, a lot of gospel uh, inspiration comes from. Well, people will go back to slave times, some of the spiritual mm-hmm. songs Definitely. that came out of slavery right. from great suffering, right. the crushing and the breaking of a people gave birth to a, a, a sound and a, and a kind of an expression. Um, all of these trial-based dynamics produces this spiritual impetus. Um, if we don't go through that, if we don't get into those depths, if we, then we're going to miss something. And, and there's something profound about it. You've experienced it in that, on that FaceTime call with your father. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it's, uh, I don't know if I have the last name right. Whitney. Phipps, Phelps, Phelps, um, he is on a Gaither Homecoming album, and he gives the background to the old spirituals are all written, and, and this is from a, an African-American man that's, that's telling this story. They're all written on the black notes. Hmm. Every one of the spirituals. If you've never heard this story, you need to go hear him talk about it. I have never heard that. Every old spiritual can be played exclusively on the black notes. Wow. And he starts uh, telling the story about coming over on the ships, and they would be rowing down in the depths of the the ship in slavery. And that... um, the name slips me of the guy that wrote Amazing Grace. Uh, yeah, I was going to say Amazing Grace. Yeah. Was written by a former slaver. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And he said he wrote that, and it can be played on all the black notes. It is written. Wow. The melody is to the melody of the slaves. Because they sang when they rode. That sang when they rode. And right. undoubtedly, he put that lyric to, wow. to the melody of, of what the slaves were singing in, in the bow of the ship. My. And yet we complain about what we go through. <laughs> you can sing yeah. your way to freedom. Mm. You can praise your way out of a prison. Woo! Come on. <laughs> yeah. These are our weapons, yeah. my friend. This is awesome. These are our weapons. Yeah. They're ours. We were, we were getting into something there at the very end, right before we started recording. You mentioned something else. Another kind of a weapon. What, was, what were you talking about? It's running from me. Uh, about preaching itself. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, um, and, and we don't have time to unpack it all, but let me just give it a once over here. The two witnesses in Revelations, the 11th chapter. There we go. The labels. Yeah. <clears throat> so the two witnesses were lying dead in the streets of that great city. 
then he says that is spiritually called Sodom and Egypt. And we know that they're laying in the in the in the streets of Jerusalem. That's that's the great city. The city that has been chosen by God, the city that he wept over when he said, you know, how often Jerusalem I would have gathered you as a hen doth gather her chicks. We see the 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 this this problem in the city started in a temple when he went to the temple and said, This is supposed to be mine. I've labeled this. This is my house. Yeah. And you've made this a den of thieves. You've put your own sticker on this. You've hung your own sign on this. So now they're lying dead in the streets after 1,260 days of prophetic utterances that kept the beast in the bottomless pit. Mm-hmm. And then at the, at the conclusion of that, he emerges, slays them, and, and says, now, now they're dying. They're lying dead in the streets of that great city, which man calls Jerusalem. But John, who is caught in the spirit, put the proper label on it and said, this is Sodom, not literal Sodom, but it is the spirit of Sodom that is dominating the city of Jerusalem. And so in addition, when you break it down farther, these two men were known as witnesses on Main Street. Mm. But in the spirit, they are olive trees and lampstands. Yes. Yes. So the the just like music is being robbed from us, just like doctrine is 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 trying to be blunted and manipulated, the the uh, the the role of preaching and the 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 view of the oracle of God just being shoved in a lineage of other voices of political pundits and talk show hosts and psychologist and and then preachers yes no that's not what it is there's a spiritual label there there, there there's there's something unique about anointed preaching it is the olive tree and lampstand it's anointing and illumination oh that's good preaching is not lecturing well it's not uh, a con- it's not a conversation right right <laughs> I, I know i know you got there's a lot of you know, popular stuff, you know, they're pulling couches up and they're having a conversation. Yeah. You know, I, I'm all for conversations. Um, but I, 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 I don't ever want to get away from what preaching is and that spirit of prophecy, that spirit of Jesus Christ, mm. the spirit of prophecy and that sharp two edged sword, that hammer that breaks in pieces. Um, we have people coming every week and they are looking for preaching. Yeah. They are looking for the anointed prophetic administration. And when it's given free course, it just goes and it's, it's all over that congregation. It's ministering that the speaker, the man who is giving forth the word of God doesn't even know what all he's hitting. He's just following the Holy ghost. Yes. Um, and what a weapon and to dumb that down, to blunt that, to turn it into a cartoon, people turn it into, you know, Super Bowl Sunday stuff and and carnal right. stuff, right? Ah, oh, what a crime! What a what a travesty! Well, it it makes it really a, it brings the battle back to flesh and blood. Yeah, from the realm of That's the good. spiritual. I'll tell you something else about that. 
I have known of people who are very enamored with, with men who get up and, and say, thus saith the Lord. And, and they do this big right. theatrical mm-hmm. dynamic. And, I, and I'm all for people taking authority and not praise God. But I've noticed that that's a bit of a rant there. I like oh, that. <laughs> that might be that might be episode two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. The more it becomes about me, and and it becomes about my theatrics, and it becomes about my personality driven stuff. Thus saith the Lord. You know, the more it becomes that. Yes. Um, I I have never identified with that. Right. I find that when God uses me the most prophetically, I am the least aware. Like I'm just preaching along hundred miles an hour and I start saying stuff right to me is I'm just going, I'm just preaching, but it's hitting people in the most intimate, profound ways. And the glory belongs to the Lord. Oh, and he don't like sharing that. (laughs) No, he doesn't. It's his glory. He doesn't share with another. (laughs) Wow. Absolutely. And that's that, that's that our most powerful. If we're, you know, Herod, they say it's the voice of a God and, and God smites him. He, he kills him. Um, what are we doing when we try to take credit to ourselves and try to get vain glory? Um, but I think we're at our most powerful when we are utilizing that spiritual weapon. And, and Moses was meek. And when God saw the degree of meekness that Moses had, mm. he said, I can make you a god unto Pharaoh. Wow. Wow. I, I, I don't think Moses ran around beating his chest saying, I am God. No, quite the contrary. He tried to get out he of it. He said, right? I'm not worthy. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. To where, to where he, he, the pendulum swung the other way and God got mad at him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I made your mouth. I made your ears. <laughs> right. Aaron who? <laughs> yeah. That's right. But you know, I've preached this before. God can't trust ocean parting power to men with selfish ambition. Come on. Wow. Ah, That's a Bible bomb, folks. Woo. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Lord. Mm. Receive it. What could he trust me with if I would just be willing to give him the glory? Wow. Wow. What could we do? What could be unleashed? God. Wow. Well, these are our weapons, and I'm afraid I actually got to head off to another appointment, guys. I'm going to have to bring this wonderful conversation to a wow. climax here. Well, we'll let you go if you'll come back. We got to do it, man. That's, we got to do it. Awesome. Man, we, we literally have had requests for this, so I know that our audience is going to be thrilled with this episode. So thank you so much for being with us today. Well, Brother McKillop, you're an inspiration to myself and to thousands of others. We pray for you guys and uh, we believe in what you're doing. Thank you for the opportunity to connect with you today. You are not only an inspiration, you're my friend and I love you guys. Give my love to your family and, and absolutely. Oh, no, we we're praying for them. Awesome. And you do likewise. God bless. <laughs>